I'm Eric Samuels for SearchSAP.com. And I'm John Frankie, reporting from Sapphire 2007 in Atlanta. Today we're talking with Amit Chatterjee, Senior Vice President for SAP Governance, Risk, and Compliance. Thanks for joining us, Amit. Thank you very much, John. Pleasure to be here. So just to get us started, first off, could you give us a little more information on the announcements SAP has made at Sapphire here? Absolutely, John. SAP made three announcements around uh, governance, risk, and compliance this uh, Sapphire. The first is obviously around our partnership with uh, Cisco. As SAPs continue to innovate around the evolution of the business process and how to deliver better value to customers, we've had to not only go to continue to build out our application suites, but also wanted to find a way to integrate with leading technology titans, such as Cisco. By working together with our joint approach around service-oriented architectures, SAP and Cisco were able to innovate using governance risk and compliance as an application area in the first place to provide the first interlinking between applications and the network. Uh, we also had John Chambers speak a little to this as well uh, earlier today in Henning's keynote, where the notion to take application intelligence and driving highly correlated events through the network provides better risk management better governance, and of course allows you to remain more compliant with your businesses. Hence why the governance risk and compliance applications were the first ones in our partnership, but by no means the last. The second news story that is uh, very important is SAP's continued entrance into the office of the CFO as well as other roles. Henning also touched on this in his keynote. The notion that the evolution of the buyer's needs within an organization are continuing to evolve. As a result, it no longer makes sense to simply restrict applications but rather start to provide solutions that focus on the customer value immediately. So the Office of the CFO offering contains naturally governance, risk, and compliance because that sits in usually either the general counsel or the CFO's office, but secondarily also starts to tie in our natural synergy with corporate performance management. The focus there being again that the notion of driving strategic change has to have a compliant and a risk management adjusted perspective. As a result, these two application suites coming together provide significant value to SAP. And then thirdly, of course, driving in the number one financials product as a complement to, to round out the offering of the office of the CFO makes natural sense, and that's exactly what we referred to here. The uh, sub-bullets that we wanted to touch on here around this concept of the office of the CFO was, number one, actually launch the risk management product here at uh, Sapphire. Uh, this is the first product um, that SAP has in its uh, launch for 2007, but we're continuing to innovate every quarter around governance, risk, and compliance. The risk management product focuses on the idea of being able to document risk management and allowing companies to start to aggregate and create a unified or holistic view of risk management. Secondly was to touch on the business profitability. Um, when SAP looks at the CFO's needs to understand where it can make improvements, uh, a unique partnership was struck by Acorn and SAP to provide business profitability for CFOs, in particular to round out our CPM offering. Just to give our listeners more of a feel for how real governance and compliance is, what's the harshest penalty or the most damage to a business you've seen from poor GRC? John, that's an excellent question. Um, probably you could open the newspaper every day and find a good story. I'd like to actually, rather than talk about a specific example, talk about the broader story, which is when you look at governance, risk, and compliance, it's a soft subject in the sense that you really can't point to something and see improvement over time. But what it does do, and the term governance, risk, and controls even actually probably more specifically helps you, is that it allows you to reduce the probability 
that a material event could impact your brand, your revenue, or more importantly, your shareholder value. Interesting studies are out now where they actually say that roughly 50% of the Fortune 1000 will be impacted by a financial material event that will force them to lose shareholder value. It takes those companies, once they've actually been impacted by that material event, over a year to actually regain that shareholder value. What's scary is that 25% of those companies actually never recover that shareholder value. So the impact of governance risk and compliance is not about a point area where maybe your customer sales aren't working effectively or you haven't necessarily done a good job around your supply chain, but it's the ubiquitous integration across all of your lines of business that judge the overall health of your company. That's where the natural tie-in to corporate performance management happens is once you understand where your key risk indicators are for that business health, that you then can now tie into performance management as well. And I'd like to get into a little bit of the evolution of the governance and compliance market. It seems at first a lot of the solutions were more manual, and now it's becoming more automated. What are you seeing out there? You know, when I look at the governance risk and compliance market, we have probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 450 solutions out there. And the reason is that there has been, as you pointed out, number one, a very manual-based approach to governance risk and compliance. Um, generally, it's a reactive mode. Companies will hear about a regulation, run into a panic, usually launch a specific initiative where it's a lot of rote processing power, a lot of high-level visibility. You get through the audit and you finally say, okay, I'm Sarbanes-Oxley compliant but you've built no business process that's highly repeatable. You've built no institutionalization of how to get this done in an effective manner. And more importantly, you're driving up costs by having these initiatives run. What we started to see, that was how the landscape looked in 2002. As we've moved closer to 2007, what you're starting to see is number one, the solutions that the point solution vendors used to provide were interesting and they started getting deployed. However, they became a nightmare for the CIO and for the CFO because I couldn't get an aggregated, consolidated view. What's happened since then is SAP has entered the space because we believe now, number one, the manual to automated transition is occurring, as you correctly pointed out, but number two, the capability of a vendor to provide a technology platform that provides a common lingua franca for the translation between different environmental, financial, sales, HR, compliance topics as well as tying it into risk management can only be done by a company that has a long vision and a commitment to the roadmap. As a result, companies like SAP are the ones that are naturally going to be able to help facilitate the transformation of this market away from manual to automated controls. Because if you don't have the business value and more importantly the cost reduction, you can't facilitate change. And that's why the automation is now starting to come along. Knowing that some GRC releases were announced here at Sapphire 07, what is next in the up-and-coming years for the governance, risk, and compliance market? Eric, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think one of the things that we've done with our roadmap for governance, risk, and compliance is continue to take the spirit of an entrepreneurial business unit and maintain a high, rapid evolution of the governance, risk, and compliance market. We actually believe that we are in the, the leading position of continuing to refine the edges of what this market looks like and what we want to participate in. So what we've continued to do is line up about once a quarter an evolution around some topic around governance, risk, and compliance. So whether it be a new release of a product or whether it be the new entrance like risk management, we continue to push into new spaces. In fact, even at our next event in Sapphire Vienna, 
we'll actually talk about a new release of a product in our market as well. Again, continuing to build out that momentum of commitment to number one, innovation at the pace of the customer, and number two, continuing to provide a simplified way to provide cost-effective management of governance risk and compliance. What is the competitive landscape like in the GRC space? You know, John and Eric, I think when talking about governance, risk, and compliance, uh, market trends and, and what the space looks like, I think you have to take a step back and not worry about what the competitive landscape looks like, but how the customer's viewing this. And when I see how the customer looks at the space, number one, the myriad of complexity around their legislations are numerous. Sarbanes-Oxley, Japanese Sarbanes-Oxley, compliance, uh, you know, CF Section 404, we've got environmental compliance, Rose Wee, Basel II, those types of compliance issues leave us with uh, a myriad of ways to try and address a particular solution. But when you stripe on top of that, that you have to work in different geographies, you have an additional complexity. And then the third is that, uh, you know, different lines of business have different risks. So if you look at the three trends that we track within governance, risk, and compliance, it's number one, globalization, meaning that the world is flat, does not mean that governments are flattening regulations will continue to populate and continue to provide new ways for businesses to have to navigate the corporate world as well as how they navigate the legal world. Secondly, you're going to see governance, risk, and compliance topics start to permeate lines of business where traditionally they hadn't been. So for example, sales compliance is now becoming a very important topic because customers are concerned about whether or not the health of their vendor is appropriate. Similarly, supply chain compliance and risk management are now becoming topics to talk about because companies that are focused in manufacturing are now worried about the health of that supply chain. When you stripe on top of that, that each industry, the 26 that SAP participates in, we have anywhere from 20 to 80 compliances within each of those industries. That means that the number of compliance there and the complexity around that is very difficult for any single competitive vendor to go address, even for SAP. Our intent is to, number one, provide a very nice technology platform, provide a mechanism for our content to be stored, but then provide an opportunity for our ecosystem to build into our GRC product line and offer compliance for the long tail, if you will, right? And that's why we look at this not GRC as a SAP product, but as an SAP ecosystem innovation. We frequently talk about it being ecosystem squared. Not only are you building on NetWeaver, but you're now linking into the GRC community, which has content focus, which means that you're an ecosystem on top of an ecosystem. And that's just a very vibrant community because there are very strong niches that these vendors can defend into. Great. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Ahmed. Yeah. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be with you and Eric. Well, that does it for the SAP Governance Risk and Compliance podcast. Check back on searchsap.com for more information on Sapphire 2007 here in Georgia. Oh. <laughs>